Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am the Bear of Texas, and let's welcome back the Pro Football Explorer, a.k.a. the War Bronco, formerly known as the Critical Broncos fan. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Misak. John, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Uh, it feels good to be back here talking about this upcoming game for week two. Well, for like boys. I said, the fans love you, man. <laughs> the listeners love you, man. I, I, I'm not going to I'm not, I'm not deprive them of one of the most knowledgeable and sophisticated football minds that I have the blessings of knowing, buddy. I appreciate hearing that. Well, it's the it's the God's honest truth, and I'm all about the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And speaking of the truth, the Cowboys are pretty much screwed, but we kind of said that already, but we're, I'm still in that mind frame, because they are. Hmm. They are. Uh, from having Connor, McDonough, uh, Connor McGovern injured in that Buccaneers game on the first drive, things are going to go downhill, and knowing that Dak Prescott uh, broke his thumb... It went worse. Well, it, 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 it's so it's so funny. So first, Jerry Jones says he's out six to eight weeks, and I swear to you, I think this was on Monday. This was either on Monday or on Tuesday that he says that he's not going to put Dak Prescott on injured reserve because Dak Prescott can come back within four weeks. Like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? If he cannot come back, if he has to take six to eight weeks. You let you do it like that. You're not gonna, you don't play around with with these kinds of injuries. No, look at Russell Wilson last year. Exactly. Speaking of Russell Wilson, yeah, it, it, it wasn't a good week for you too. Oh uh, my God! Why did we go for 64 yards? I mean, horrible clock management on that drive. The two fumbles. Uh, yeah. Calling timeouts when the game was already over. It's like I sympathize with you. This I sympathize with you, but but speaking of the quarterback position, Stephen A. Smith. And normally I would say Stephen A. Smith. A lot of people would say I'm the kind of guy that he would love because I'm so hard on the Cowboys. But Stephen A. Smith decides to bring up a name that I'm quite frankly, me personally, I'm sick and tired of hearing. My reason for him not having a job in the NFL is not because of him kneeling, but rather because he was terrible. But then again. The truth hurts, and some people will think that what I just said is is obviously offensive, but it's the damn truth. Colin yeah. Kaepernick stinks. Let me remind y'all, he lost his job to a guy named Blaine Gabbert in 2015, all right? Yep. But anyway, Stephen A. Smith decides that to it's, once again insist that the Dallas Cowboys give Colin Kaepernick a call. And, of course, Michael Irvin basically shut that down, and Michael Irvin couldn't have said it. I couldn't have said it any better. But, oh. but if you think that is annoying enough, get uh, think of it. Guess which other name was strongly suggested? And I saw this yesterday. Take a wild guess. Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, they did talk about that, but uh, Jerry Jones shut down the sh- shut down all the trade rumors. Mm. But I, I I feel like maybe Garoppolo would have been a good trade. But the problem is, with the offensive line, Jimmy Garoppolo probably wouldn't be able to save us. But no, no. Uh, the name, the name is actually is is a, is a guy who's retired actually. Fitzpatrick. Nope. Oof. Josh McCown. Nope. 
Ooh, I don't know, man. That's a uh... well. Hold on your hat. Ben Roethlisberger, apparently. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> See, I, I thought that my suggestion of Josh Rosen being Dak Prescott's backup was laughable, but these suggestions right there, they make my suggestion look like absolutely nothing, maybe even intelligent. Oh, my God. That's horrible. <laughs> why, and I'm like, why Big Ben? I mean, who are they gonna who, who are they gonna year? suggest next? Who are they gonna come up with next? Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, <laughs> Eli Manning. Although I'll admit, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, I would definitely, I would think about it. Drew Brees is definitely a maybe, but I'm, not, but I, but I think like, no, you retired, you stay retired. Yeah, especially all the injuries he came, uh, he was playing with in his final year. Yeah, exactly. But like, no, we're not okay. And of course, uh, I mean, I'm telling you, the word Stephen A. Smith used, like, says, like, you know, with his legs, he's a playmaker, you know, like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, no, we're not. I'm not we're, we, first of all, we're not bringing. We're not bringing Kaepernick. It, it was, and then of course he mentions it's not going to happen because it's Texas. So he decides to, you know, play it a little political. But then again, if you're going to mention the name, if you're going to mention the name Colin Kaepernick, you might as well, right? But yeah, just stir up the pot is yeah, uh, but, my idea. Just try to get some uh, reaction out of it. Yeah, because he, he mentioned that five people suggested it to him, but Stephen A. Smith said it on the air. But but nope, like the Cowboys obviously have their full confidence in Cooper Rush. I do respect Cooper Rush, but the problem is with the offensive line, the wide receiver core being thin, and just so everybody knows, Michael Gallup has been ruled out for for this game. Yep. Cooper Rush has basically been thrown into the wolves. Oh yeah, big time. Um, yeah, you have no offensive line, and whatever quarterback you're getting there is not going to do you any favors. Same with the wide receiving core. And what do they have to expect now? Try to win games sixteen to thirteen or something like that. I mean, wins a win, but I mean. Even if you're in that much of a dire situation, I suppose winning 16 to 13 against Cincinnati would be something uh, incredible. I suppose, but uh, let's get back to reality. It's not happening. No, and uh, just to say that score I said is just you know, in general, like not just Cincinnati, but all the other games afterwards. Because. <clears throat> Like I said, you know, you bring in a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, and you have him with a rookie left tackle uh, as your blindside guy. No, thank you. I mean, as far as the offensive line position goes, I mean, all these fans now all of a sudden want Jason Peters to be promoted. I'm like, you know, even if he, Jason Peters got promoted, a 40-year-old veteran, a veteran uh, tackle – it's not. It, it's probably. It might provide a little bit of a spark, but uh, it's not gonna help. No, it's not. You can't just yeah, like that. But I mean, you can't have. Uh, I mean, having Jason Peters might be understandable when Tyler Smith misses a block that got Dak uh, Prescott sacked on uh, Sunday night. I didn't notice. So yeah, obviously he made rookie mistakes, but. 
I don't. I don't even. I don't even recall him even getting a holding penalty. No, which is actually impressive, uh, especially for a heavily penalized Cowboys team. I mean, it's only one game, so let's not. Uh, right. Let's not get too excited, but. No. So it's kind of a similar situation because it seems to me that the Bengals obviously have offensive line issues because if I'm correct, I believe Burrow was sacked at least six times. Seven. Seven. Okay, wow. Okay, well, look at that. Seven times, and I think he was hit 11 times too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, Joe Joe Burrow. So I guess it seems that the offensive line issue for Cincinnati – is it just not resolved yet, or is it like not going to be resolved at all? It's. Um, I'll definitely say it's not gelled. They have, as I I said this in my game picks video, that yes you did. The, yes you did. I did say that the um, Bengals were starting three to four new offensive linemen going up against the Steelers, uh, and that's going to give them uh, major fits, and that showed. It totally did, and, you know, like, I mean, all the the turnovers as well, I mean. Oh, yeah, Joe Burrow, Jesus. Just seeing him five, four picks and a fumble loss. Actually, he he fumbled twice uh, where there was the holy roller rule where um, in the final – two minutes of regulation or an overtime that he was supposed to recover the football, not his uh, running back, which uh, I didn't know that was a rule. And there's always a rule that, you know, we're unaware of it because it's, it, it's something that, that, that nobody has probably seen in like 20 to 30 years. Oh yeah. But, long before we've been alive. <laughs> right. Yeah. Back, back, back when football actually had a better meaning than it did today, especially NFL football. Because remember, those guys back then didn't have the major lucrative blockbuster deals that you see today. No, they they played with a lot of grit, and uh, they played uh, uh, they played they played hard, and they played very versatile compared to players nowadays. Where you might see a wide receiver play defense, or uh a linebacker catching touchdown passes, you know, it's, it's very different. That's for sure. It's definitely very different, but, but look at, looking at the game, you know, both, both Dallas and Cincinnati are at the bottom of the respective divisions. Uh, oh man. Not even, I'm a bit dumbfounded, but you know, Seeing the situation, you know, like how bad the wide receiver core is, like the Cowboys are probably got to stick to a, to a running game, and I, I'm I'm just not sure. But with the offensive line like that, it's like I said. I mean, the offense is just absolutely screwed. Like, oh, there's no there's no signs there's there's no signs of hope whatsoever. As bad as I am with the Cowboys, I really want to place my faith in something somewhere, but. I just don't see where. I mean, like I said, I respect Cooper Rush, but he, the problem is, how could he possibly have a chance if he did, if the offensive line is an issue, the wide receiver core is thin, and C, and C D Lamb obviously couldn't have a good game with Dak Prescott. You know, 
and of course, the, there's the the Kellen Moore, which like, obviously everybody is fully confirmed by now. That obviously, it's not that I'm a not a fan of Kellen Moore. The truth of the matter is, I never was a fan of Kellen Moore. And once again, for the record, I never trusted the guy. Never, because you don't. You did not. Yeah, you because I'll never forget when I told you, like you don't just give the offensive play calling duty to somebody who's just that green in coaching. To be to be given the duties of calling the plays, that's something that you got to work your ass off for for so long. You got to climb up the ranks, like you 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 got to like pay your dues. And I feel like the Cowboys. I mean, no disrespect to Kellen Moore, but I mean, like I feel like dude, him just being given the play calling duties like that, big mistake. Yeah, and my thing with um, like Kellen Moore, that sort of thing is like one, he's very green and two you know would you take him or mike mccarthy as you know your play caller i would take mike mccarthy and of course everybody says now nah, now i'm on mike McCarthy. well here's the here's the deal mike mccarthy's been in the league for a long time and mike yeah. mccarthy i mean from what i understand uh I, I think mike mccarthy did call the plays in green bay but but then of course we're reminded that aaron Rodgers had control or something like that Oh yeah, there was a major complaints with uh, with like Rodgers and McCarthy when McCarthy called the plays. Aaron Rodgers was like, "Nah, like uh, he does his own thing." Yeah, but again, still, who I mean, knows if that's the right one? If it's you know Rodgers' fault or McCarthy's fault, but still, not ideal. It's not a, exactly. It's not ideal. So. So with the offense, I mean, I'll be honest, it, it, it'll be a miracle if the offense even gets probably around 100, 150 to 200 yards of total offense. I mean, the running game might be able to be provide a bit of spark because the running game was still alive, just, uh, even though the offensive line was still uh, shaky. I mean, Zeke Elliott, 10 carries for 52 yards, and they just didn't feed the ball. And like I said, Kelmore abandoned the play because of, because of the offensive line. So, so – the running game was working, and then all of a sudden he abandons it. You know what that tells me about Kellen Moore, John? Yes. That, that tells me that he doesn't trust his own offensive line or doesn't trust his own running game if he's going to abandon it. Well, as I said to you in the last episode, uh, in the recapping of week one, I, I did say that you know they were particularly favoring one side of the line over the other. Mm-hmm. And that, that ends up being very predictable. Because if you're, so if you're running towards the middle or the right side of the line, teams are going to know that you're going to run through those lanes only. And because you don't trust the left side of your line, you trust a rookie and a second, uh, your second strength, uh, right, left tackle, a uh, left guard, you know, when your starter went out for the game? I don't know if I would, but I would at least try to at least do some bootlegs or some play action screens or something just to uh, make it less predictable. Very very well said, but, you know, fortunately, you know, like they said, it's <laughs> maybe, maybe it just lacks the intelligence to realize that. Right. It just, you know, you can't be predictable in this league. You you have to 
at least do something different from the rest. I mean, you can't let you can't let your adversaries know what's about to happen. But oh yeah, I mean, coming into this game, you know, Jamar Chase had ten catches, one hundred twenty nine yards, and him going against uh, very likely he'll be squaring off against Trayvon Diggs and. I mean, the Cowboys secondary did allow a considerable amount of yards. I mean, Trayvon Diggs didn't get torched. I mean, he got torched a few times, but in Trayvon Diggs, in his case, he's the one who allowed allowed that touchdown. But there was a time where he kind of denied a touchdown. So he had a good play and a bad play. Right. So so now that he's going against Jamar Chase, I mean, Trayvon Diggs is going to have to, like, you're going to have to get it together. Like, yeah, he's going to be facing some very difficulties and – we got CeeDee Lamb going against Chido Wuzier, who ironically is a former Cowboy. So, right. Yeah. But, but based on how like things work with the Cincinnati offensive line, if the Dallas defense can take advantage of that, you know, then the defense could have a bit of pride. But the problem is, if the defense is stacking Joe Burrow, like imagine if they get him another seven times and they're, right. they're forcing turnover, if the offense is not doing anything about it, then at the end of the day, uh, what was the point? Yeah, the only and, thing, and, Dallas, and I hate to say that. Yeah, the only thing Dallas just has to hope for is just that those turnovers by the Bengals, you know, is like a consistent thing with them. Uh, yeah, well, get having five turnovers that that's actually embarrassing, especially in the uh, Big Ben era where. That's over. But I do think Dallas can make this game close if, you know, defense holds up against their uh, pass catchers, Joe Mixon. But if they can't contain those guys, I don't see how Dallas can win this game. And Dallas really needs to produce on offense. Like, big time. I mean, Joe Mixon might actually have a good game because Dallas's rushing defense allowed uh, Leonard Fournette to have a, over 120 yards. Oh, yeah. I think when you allow a Tampa Bay uh, running back run for over 120 yards, I think you're doomed. Yeah, you're pretty much exposed, but you know, let's not mention, I mean, hey, Tampa Bay had offensive line issues. Uh, well, supposedly they did, but it didn't seem like they were having any issues against the Cowboys. Even though Tom Brady got sacked twice, both on third down, which was which is amazing, by none other than Micah Parsons. Oh yeah, I think in looking at that, um, par- yeah, uh, Parsons did get his sacks against you know I I would say one of the one of the bottom ten, bottom five left tackles in the league, uh, and his backup, so. And Jonah Williams, their Bengals left tackle, he's um, not that great either. He actually allowed the most sacks on the Bengals' O-line last year. I believe with seven, eight for the whole year. Wow. So that's an advantage I see you guys doing. Just everyone else on the D-line with Lawrence, Odigizua, uh, Watkins, like all those guys have to step up. Yeah, especially the Cowboys defensive line. I mean, also Neville Gallimore, you know, right. like that. I mean, Tristan Hill, who's a backup. I mean, there's a plethora of defensive line talent right there. Oh, big time. And I still have all, and I still have my faith in Tristan Hill. 
you know, like mm-hmm. that. But you know, you know, all the injuries and everything. I mean, it's been a tough road for him. But you know, I'm I'm just like really hoping that you know maybe maybe this is the year he finally finally breaks out of the slump and finally you know has a great year. But but if Cincinnati's mm-hmm. offensive line's banged up, I mean Dallas doesn't want to go two weeks in a row going against a average to mediocre offensive line and, and not be able to do anything about it. But then again, like I said, they could sack Joe Burrow numerous times and force turnovers, but if the offense isn't doing anything about it, you know, it, it, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. I do think in that game, like I said, uh, there's another thing to hope for is uh, Dalton Schultz. He should uh, try to at least get you know, should get at least a bunch of catches against the Bengals since uh, Pat Fryermuth and uh, uh, Zach Guthrie were finding lanes against their defense. So that's another positive for Dallas uh, fans to just hope for, that they use Goddard, not Goddard, um, Schultz more. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, I am really hoping that, that Donald Schultz is a good game, because uh, especially because he's on my fantasy team, but... And on a, and, and Schultz is a, of course you know, obviously he's on a I think he's on a uh, franchise tag I think but he yeah because yeah because this is a year like he's gonna need a good year and in his case if he has a good year he uses that as, as leverage and if the Cowboys refuse to sign him which honestly I don't think they will I, I really believe that Don Schultz will cer- certainly uh, leave uh, after this season. So you know, in that case, you know what? Might as well enjoy it. Might might as well enjoy it while it lasts. But yeah, that's if he can get some catches in this uh, upcoming game. Because again, you know, sometimes I mean, Cooper Rush needs to be. I mean, Cooper Rush too had difficulty connect connecting, uh, making his passes accurately. But right, some would say because you know he 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 was not he he didn't know he was going to come in like the a backup always needs to be ready no matter what. Right. That's why sometimes I say even back even backup quarterbacks should take first team reps because you need a quarterback to be as fresh and ready to go because you never know when you when you're going to need him. This is true. Uh, whenever they need him, yet again, uh, there are times where you're just like, oh, the guy's played so long, he hasn't played injured. Eh, let's not worry about the backup. He's just you know going to be the clipboard guy. He's going to look at the uh, read the sheets they have all the replays and just like okay um this needs to be adjusted that needs to be adjusted uh outside of that just find that guy when we call that play again and let's go exactly i mean i really i really do i mean i'll tell you if cooper rush somehow some way has a great game I mean, again, I, I won't. I won't. I'm not gonna go out and say that he got lucky. I mean, if he if he has a great game, then obviously he played great. But but again, it's not the lack of trust is not anywhere on Rush. It, right. I mean, right now, it, I mean, it starts with the offensive line, and everything, and of course the receivers too. But starting with it, it starts with Kellen Moore because what? And I mentioned this. You know how all of a sudden the Cowboys are driving down the field, and then all of a sudden Kellen Moore wants to do a trick play, and then of course, and then it goes so badly wrong, it costs us eight yards, and it, and it halts that momentum. I mean, that's one of the main things about Moore that I don't like. Yeah, oh, I could definitely see that. You know, there's another name I'm thinking of the Cowboys with quarterbacks is um, Mike White. I think he's a yeah. former Cowboy, right? Yeah. 
since they like since the Jets like to use uh, Joe Flacco as a starter, why not get your old boy back? Well, as far so, as uh, as far as that goes, I mean, it, like I said, you know, right now with with the Dallas quarterback position, you know, with the offensive line being like that, and of course, you know, Kellen Moore and the receivers. Right. I, I'm not even sure if a different quarterback even makes a difference. I mean, even with Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. I mean, it, it, I'll never forget. I was talking to Ricky, and Ricky actually did say that he believes that Jimmy Garoppolo will still somehow find his way to Dallas. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, another thing about Jimmy Garoppolo is, yeah, what if he gets hurt? He comes to Dallas and he gets hurt. And then what? Oh, you're, you're in big trouble. Yeah. And also, San Fran could be trying to push into, like, you know, asking for a second-round pick or or they're gullible enough to go for a first-round pick or trade Tony Pollard since uh, they lost to Elijah Mitchell. Well, sure. Well, I'm like, you know what? If, if, if a, trade, a trade for – I mean, if, if we're going to trade uh, to get Jimmy Garoppolo, we, we might as well send uh, – we might as might as well send the third string quarterback as well. Oh yeah, I think it, it, it would be Sudfeld or or uh, Brock Purdy. But as far as as far as I believe at this point, I, I really doubt a trade's going to happen. Right. But it ain't going to be pretty. So really, I believe that Cincinnati's coming down to Arlington, Texas, with destruction on their mind. Oh, big time! After I mean, that wild overtime game, oh, yeah, they're, they're hungry. Pissed. They're, they're, they're pissed off. I mean, they're embarrassed right now. And and Dallas, with being such a chaotic offensive situation, I mean, they're they're the perfect team to channel out that anger and frustration on. Oh yeah. So the way I see it, the final score is Cincinnati wins 27 to 10. I have it 28 to 14. Okay, who who do you have scoring for Dallas? Um, I could see a bunch of trick plays, maybe one being uh something from Tony Pollard and maybe a lucky uh touchdown uh catch from one of the receivers, maybe I don't know, Noah Brown. Well, I mean, could you, could you imagine if Dallas after week two, like they still go in without a receiver having a touchdown? I mean, that's going to be pretty frustrating. Oh, it'd be embarrassing. Although, although I, I, I believe I think it was there. A, I think there was a season when the when the Kansas City Chiefs went through the entire season and none of the receivers had a touchdown. Oh yeah, I think that was 2013. Uh, I think that may have been 2014. I think it's 14. Yeah, actually, I actually have it right here. Yep, it was 2014. Yep, the Chiefs became the first NFL team since 196 since the 1964 Giants as the only team in 16 in, in the 16 game season era to complete an entire season with no touchdown passes to a wide receiver. They missed the playoffs too. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I think they had a shot of making the playoffs, but the kicker missed it, and uh, Chargers uh, won it at the end. Here's a yep, fun they, fact. They were JJ second Watt in the AFC West, yeah. Yeah. J.J. Watt had more touchdown pe- uh, catches than those receivers combined. Yeah, he did. And I'm not talking, like, defensive touchdowns. I'm talking 
catching the ball in the end zone as a receiver. Yeah. That's embarrassing. It is, yeah. I think I, I you know, it's funny. I'm thinking about that. There was, um, I, I tried making memes. I'll see if I can find it. Of, um, I did one of JJ Watt had more touchdown receptions than the uh, Chiefs receivers. Uh, and that was at the time when it happened. And I had to see my team ultimately just throwing interceptions to the Chiefs the following year. It was just like, yeah, I got my laugh and I get the punishment of seeing Peyton Manning throw interceptions to the Chiefs now. Oh, well. I mean, Denver, Denver just hasn't been the same since that Super Bowl win. Nope. And they still aren't. They still aren't the same, even with yeah. Russ. <laughs> well, it's it's like it's like the playmaker always just says it's just one game. I'm like, yeah, but you can't you you, you can't say that about the cow. I mean, I'm, Broncos. I'm not entirely sure, but with the Cowboys, it's definitely not the case. Vice versa. Vice yeah, versa. Definitely vice versa. So, so I'm firm on 27 to 10. I think I think Zeke Elliott scores for the Cowboys. I think he scores early. But then Cincinnati, that only pisses off Cincinnati even more. Cincinnati right. just hammers uh, the foot on the gas pedal, and then boom. The defense makes some stops. The offense just can't mm-hmm. capitalize. And then the defense just defense gets gassed out. Cincinnati takes advantage of it. Right. They put the exclamation point, and the Cowboys are 0-2. I will say a big worry is um, Trey Hendrickson going up against the rookie Tyler Smith. He was their sack leader last year. Oh, boy. Yeah, Tyler Smith is going to be taken to school, man. Oh, big time. Um, Trey is not a – he's a very – he's not a bad player. He's very savvy. Thought that the Bengals overpaid for him, but nope, they got what they got. I mean, right now uh, T. Higgins uh, is is a questionable. He did suffer a concussion in in week one. Right. So I'd imagine, you know, he's questionable then – I'd imagine he's definitely going to be cleared, but I, I, as far as him being limited goes, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd imagine even even if he clears the concussion protocols or whatever, I would still have a player limited, even if he's cleared, because you don't want to, you want to take the it'll, that many risks. But yeah, I did see something that he was questionable and uh, possibly he could play. Um, I think with. If he's going to be playing, then it's going to be a very uh, handful day for Diggs, uh, Brown, and uh, who would you say was the other Cowboys corner? Trayvon Diggs? No, I already said him. Oh, Anthony said Brown? Diggs. Anthony Brown already said, and there's a third one. He's one of the slot corners. I know that I said... Um, I did see it before, and uh, I think I think I think I know who you're talking about, but then my my mind just got still blank. Uh, you said a cornerback. Oh, Lauren you mean Lewis. Lewis? Okay, yeah. Who? Yeah, who also got torched last week too? Yep. So I wish the Cowboys a lot of luck. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna need it, but unfortunately, uh, it's not gonna be a good day in the office. I mean. 
right now, based on how bad it is and how much worse it's going to get, because the team will be so badly frustrated. I mean, you got Cincinnati, then you got the Giants. Right. You know, honestly, like, Cowboys could probably go winless going up to late October. I mean, right yeah. now, I, I, I don't even know if I can see them even beating the Giants up up in the, up, up there, then and then playing Washington at home on Sunday, October seventh, before going on the road to take on Los Angeles. I mean, they will not beat Los Angeles. I'd actually be surprised if they weren't even, if if they didn't get destroyed by Los Angeles. But yeah, maybe. I mean, Cowboys could be zero and six. I mean, some people would say, well, think, think of the number one overall pick. I'm like, yeah, but then again, the number one overall pick, what what good really is that going to do to the Cowboys? And the problem is, with all these injuries, Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy won't be fired. Because right now, right, oh, what's more important than the number one overall pick is McCarthy and Kellen Moore being fired. Oh, yeah. And I don't think Dallas is going to be one of those teams that wants to just start over. They did draft, you know... One hell of a star at Parsons. Yeah, they did. Um, but outside of that, and maybe Diggs too, who's still on a good contract. Diggs still has that potential. I mean, Diggs, you know, like that. But, mm-hmm. but you know, you know, as we wrap it up, you know, honestly, like even if Dallas you know, fires like McCarthy at the end of the season, you know, of course, Sean Payton's the guy I would want, but we all know about Sean Payton. But. Yeah, I don't even know if he wants to be a part of the Cowboys' um, mess if Dak's uh, injuries keep getting worse. Uh, offensive line play is starting to deteriorate. Defense is solid, but who knows if he wants to keep Dan Quinn. And I think I don't think Sean Payne would have a problem with Dan Quinn, honestly. No, nah, I mean, he's seen them twice a year. Yeah, I'm sure, that, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Payton says, you know, He's impressed with Dan Quinn's work. Yeah, Dan Quinn's definitely gonna. I mean, I'm not sure about clearing the entire staff, but if the if the offensive coordinator and the head coach get fired, more, most cases, most most of the staff is definitely clear. There's definitely a clear in house situation right there, but but I'm not sure. I mean, because yeah. right now, if, if McCarthy's fired at the end of the season, the only guy to get is Sean Payton, and I doubt that Sean Payton would accept the job unless he was. Fully guaranteed control of the team, but then again, you can't trust Jerry and Stephen Jones. But no. Also, you have to. There's also a thing that has to be put into the contract, which is you know, security. Security, because yeah. Because if Dallas ends up being as worse, like moving forward, um, if they finish with a top five draft pick or even, I don't know, third overall pick at worst. Um, you know, he's going to need security to rebuild the offense. And while I would say that Kellen Moore is questionable, the guy actually has top 10 offense in two of the last three years. And while he does make head scratching, uh, scratching decisions, I don't know if I would let him walk to another team and then all of a sudden he rebounds uh, from the distractions of the Dallas media and the ownership. Because when they're clicking uh, and they really do click at times as an offense, you know, they, they can be a solid team. It's just like kind of like 
the Texas Longhorns, you know, so much hype into thinking you're a championship caliber team, you know, nothing's going to get done because all the outside noise is so loud you can't focus. So Cowboys have to do something uh, to silence the doubters. And if it's not this year, it better be next year. It better be. And, and one of my uh, one of my uh, loyal listeners uh, wanted me to say this that if after the uh, during the offseason he's predicting that the Cowboys trade Prescott to the LA Chargers and and guess for who? For Her- <laughs> for Herbert. Yeah, I mean, because I I mean okay because you know I, I obviously I, I, I mean if that happens I mean if you want my honest opinion I mean great I I mean. Great, I guess, because you know at least we're not going with a rookie. But, but no. there's no way that the Chargers are, are gonna let that let that happen. I mean, at least if, 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 if even if the Chargers somehow, if there was a way to get him to crack at that to accept a deal, it's gonna take more than Dak Prescott to get Justin Herbert to Dallas. But let's be honest, it's not happening. No, but if it did, then a- I would be excited to have Justin Herbert in Dallas. And, and but but then the problem is you know the Cowboys you know being with all that disappointment it's just wasted talent after wasted talent. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, um, just say too with Justin Herbert because as nice and shiny like a, a diamond Herbert is, he's not going to thrive on that offensive line and the lack of talent at receivers. Because unless unless somehow yeah unless Dallas has another overall pick and. And then they trade Prescott, get Herbert, and then they use that they use that number one overall pick on on the best offensive line in the country. Then then they're probably headed in the right direction, and this oh, probably yeah. could be happening under Sean Payton. But but I don't know. But again, I mean but, these these are all supposed theories. But like I said, we all know there's no way Cowboys can possibly get Justin Herbert. No, and just say too, Herbert is not elusive. He is not a guy that breaks off of tacklers. He is a guy that stands in the pocket. Like, watch his stance, like, or watch when defenders get to him. He's not, like, trying to shove him off like a Josh Allen or a young Big Ben. Uh, Just any of those, or maybe Carson Wentz. Just, like, he's not shoving guys off of him. He's taking the hits almost like a Matt Ryan or... Uh, uh, Matthew Stafford, just like God, he just cannot shake off the defender when he's getting hit. And I'm talking, I'm ta- not talking like grab like the hand or something. I'm talking when he, when defenders like put their shoulders and wrap around him with their arms. Hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. But, but you know, season's just gotten started. It's gonna be a long and frustrating one, but. It's very likely Dallas might not even be able to pick up a win until they play Detroit. I mean, hey, Detroit could even possibly humiliate them at, uh, at that point. I mean, who knows? But yeah. it's, it's, hard, it's hard to have any faith moving forward. But in my case, I mean, everybody would point out it's not like you've ever had any faith in the Cowboys, right? I mean, can't deny that because basically cause what I've said is what I've said. It's out there. Right. But it's again, yeah, you know. It's almost the same thing I said as the critical Broncos fan. Like – I like to have a little optimism for my team, but they just make it so goddamn hard. Exactly. It just it's I mean, it's difficult. It's it's difficult, it's difficult when they keep making 
the same boneheaded decisions. And, you know, it's just like normal people be like, why are they pushing themselves so back? Well, have you seen what they did when exhibit A, B, C, and even D? This thing needs a, like, almost like a teardown. And I'm saying this before Russell Wilson came along. But, oh, yeah. You know, it's just like you got to fix this uh, nonsense. You can't just expect this team or any team that makes so many egregious errors in the previous years when they were successful. And when when the guy that made them successful leaves and they fall apart, and it's just like it's not a surprise. They, you know, uh, it's it's there. It was there the whole time. It's there the whole time. But, you know, I'm firm. Bengals win 27 to 10. The frustration, the pressure only continues to mount. And uh, right. it's not going to be pretty, folks. But that's pretty much all I have to say about that. But, John, before I go and give the message for my sponsors, why don't you remind the folks where they can find you, buddy? Uh, you can find me on Pro Football Explorer, both uh on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. I just released um, just a little uh, recap as to why I have each team in each spot in my power rankings for each conference. Um, normally, I release them on social media before making the video, and uh, I'm going to be trying to do more videos on the power rankings as to why I have, let's say, uh, Dallas at the bottom, per se. <laughs> I mean, hey, uh, within 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 three weeks, three four weeks, it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be that down there. The Cowboys probably will be the worst. Yeah, just um, originally I was thinking it would be the Falcons, Giants, or even Bears, but after watching that Sunday game and knowing the mess they're gonna be under, uh, they're they're sneaking their way in. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to remind you that Cowboys Talk is proudly brought to you by Fanatics. That Fanatics is your number one place to get fan apparel from all top sports, including the NFL, the NBA, MLB, the NHL, as well as the International Soccer Leagues. And for all you wrestling fans out there, WWEShop.com is also part of the experience. So if you look to shop at Fanatics, just use Cowboys Talk links in the description of this episode. Start shopping and take advantage of the best deals in the world. And Cowboys Talk is proudly brought to you by Paramount Plus, where you can stream live sports and your favorite shows from CBS, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and so much more. Plans start at just $4.99 per month, and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now and even get a free trial. So if you're looking to subscribe, just find the link in the episode description, set up your account, start watching football, and binge watch your favorite shows. And finally, Cowboys Talk is on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. John, once again, thank you so very, very much for coming, and I cannot wait to have you on again in the future. Uh, same. I look forward to uh, hearing from you. All right. Well, thank you very much. We'll see everybody later.